Amen. Come now.
Galatians chapter 5. You would do well to read it all, but in your hearing this morning, we will read verse 1. Galatians 5 verse 1 says this, Stand Fast, therefore, <clears throat> in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. I want, just for a few minutes this morning, I want to talk about Overcoming the bondage of the law. Overcoming the bondage of 
the law. Hear these familiar words, I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No longer bound, no more chains holding me. My soul is resting. Oh, what a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm free. Now, we often sing that at funerals and at the close of life, and that's all right, that's fine. But the truth is, as a child of God, I don't have to wait until I die to sing that song. Are y'all hearing me? I am saved. If I am saved, I, I can sing that song every day. Because every day that song is true. When Jesus died on the cross and got up on the third day morning, he set me free. And I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm governed now by, by that. Matter of fact, because he got up, because he set me free, I, I, I move every day in that. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's something within me that holds the reins. I, I'm guided by that something within, that something within me that banishes pain, that something Within me, to tell you the truth, I can't explain it. All I know is that there's something within. Something that makes me love enemies, just like I love friends. Something that makes me feel rich when I know I ain't got to die. There's something on the inside. And that's what Paul is saying to the Galatians, he's saying this to the Galatians as he begins this fifth chapter. <clears throat> Paul sets forth to explain to them, to explain to the Galatians how their new life in Christ is to be lived. Listen to what he says to the Galatians. He says to them, I want you to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And then he carries it a step further. He carries it a step further. He says, and don't ever be entangled again by the yokes of bondage. And I like the way it reads in the message. In the message Bible, it reads like this. It says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anybody put a harness of slavery on you. Never let anybody tie you up again. Are y'all hearing this? This is the message of Paul to the Galatians. And sometimes, sometimes I've heard it referred to as the Magna Carta of Christian liberty. It's Paul's manifesto of justification by faith. Paul had to lead these people. He had to lead these people of Galatia to freedom, and he had to let them know that this is a freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. But now, these Jewish legalizers, these after Paul has taught them and Paul has led them to freedom, these Jewish legalizers now, they have come in behind Paul and they are causing believers to trade their freedom in Christ for bondage under the law. Paul wants them to know, Paul is saying to them, Paul is trying to straighten them out. Paul wants them to know that once they believed on Jesus, they were not only delivered from the judgment due to their sins. Are y'all hearing me? Not only were they delivered from the judgment due to their sins, not only were they delivered from the penalty of the broken law, but they were even delivered from the law itself. 
Are y'all hearing me? In other words, you're saved. You've got something within you. You don't need the law to tell you how to act. Are y'all hearing this? Salvation puts the believer, it put the believer in a place they have never known before. He's still in the world. He, 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 yeah, he puts you in, a, in, in, in this strange place. You're a believer and all at once your life has made this change and the thing that it's hard for you to get your head around and for the world to get their head around is he's still in the world. Uh, but, but he is neither without the law nor is he under the law. But he is now subject to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are y'all hearing me? Trying to show you the relationship between the law and those who are saved through Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. You're neither you're without it, nor are you under it. Now you live for him. You're subject to him and brought into the glorious liberty that only Jesus can give you. The liberty, that liberty, <clears throat> my brothers and sisters, is not the liberty Yet to obey the dictates of the flesh. Please don't take advantage of your liberty. It is not, it is not liberty to obey the dictates and be dictated by everything you feel like you want to do. But, the, but the, this is a liberty that you have and your liberty is to glorify God. Said another way. Once I'm in him and he is in me, my focus changes. Are y'all hearing? I'm no longer, I'm no, once I'm in him and he is in me, I am no longer the center of my own world. Christ becomes the center of my world. And once you have began, once you start this walk in the spirit, once you began this walk in the spirit, to go back to a life of trying to live a life with a whole bunch of rules and regulations, yeah, and, and the law is according to Paul, to go back and try to live like that and try to live by all those rules and regulations, Paul says uh, what you are doing, you are entangling yourself again. And he just told us, don't be entangled by this. Don't entangle yourself again. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Out of all the centuries, out of all the centuries that Jews were under the law, not one of them ever found salvation through practicing the law. Out of all those years, not one of them ever was saved by practicing the law. Don't you think that it's a little strange that the Bible doesn't hail forth, the Bible doesn't tell you of of not one man that ever found salvation through the law. Isn't that sort of strange? They had all those commandments, all those laws, but not one person ever found salvation through keeping the law. Why? 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 Because they all failed. They all failed, and not only that, the law, not only did they fail, but the law condemned them. You Bible readers, you Bible readers, those who read your Bible, you know that the great argument at that point, at that point in time, the great argument was circumcision. The Jews were teaching the Galatians that in addition to accepting Jesus Christ, they had to be circumcised also. If you're going to be saved, they were teaching, yeah, Jesus is all right. Yeah, go ahead and accept him. But in addition to that, you got to be circumcised in order to be saved. But Paul is saying to them in verse three, he says, be careful. Because the moment you submit to circumcision or any other rule or any other rule keeping system at that moment, what Christ did on the cross will profit you nothing. Are y'all hearing me? The moment you add anything to it, the moment you allow anybody to tack anything onto it, then what Christ did 
is absolutely unprofitable. So he's saying either it's the law or it's the finished work of Christ on the cross. This ain't that deep. This ain't that deep. Either it's the law or it's what Christ did on the cross. It cannot be both. According to Galatians 3 and 24, tells us that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But once Christ came, we no longer needed the schoolmaster. Let me say it another way. All the law does is points out your problems. All the law does is let you know something is wrong. Are y'all hearing me? The law is sort of like that little mirror that the dentist has. You go to the dentist and he's got a little mirror. And he takes that little mirror and puts it in your mouth and he turns it all around and he's looking at it. And that mirror shows him everything that's wrong in your mouth. But guess what? That mirror can't fix none of it. Are y'all hearing me? All it does is points out. And that's what the law does. All the law does is points out that there's something wrong with you. See, you cannot, no matter how hard you try, you cannot link together the principles of law and grace. They just don't go together. You can't link them together. Either you are saved by grace, which is unmerited favor, through Jesus Christ, or you are saved by the law. It can't be both of them. If salvation, if it's salvation, my brothers and sisters, it is by grace. If it's really salvation, it is by unmerited favor. That means you didn't do a thing. Are y'all hearing me? It means that you are saved and you did absolutely nothing to save yourself. The minute you have to do something, it is no longer grace. The minute you think you have done something, it is no, long, is no longer a free gift. Somewhere I, I read in my reading, I read where this wealthy woman had plenty of money in her church was sort of struggling and she decided she wanted to build a brand new church for the congregation. She wanted to build this church and give it to the congregation. But before they went in, before entrance day, uh, uh, they got some legal counsel and the, uh, the legal counsel said to them, well, I'll tell you what, uh, to the pastor says, you need to give her, I want you to give her at least one dollar. Give her $1, at least $1, and that will make everything legal. Gave her the $1, gave the woman the $1, brand new building, gave her the $1. Opening ceremony, they were there having the opening ceremony, and the woman was a little irritated because the pastor didn't call her name. A little irritated because the pastor really didn't, 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 didn't give her the recognition that she thought she should have God, are y'all hearing me? She had given this, yeah, this gift, and she thought she had given this to the congregation, and the pastor wasn't saying anything, but the pastor had to explain to her. He said, yes, it was wonderful what you did, but the moment I gave you a dollar, it was no longer a gift. Are y'all hearing me? The moment I gave you something, the moment I had to give you anything, then it ceased to be a gift. Are y'all hearing me? Likewise, my brothers and sisters, if you have to do anything at all for your salvation, if you have to do anything at all, if you did anything, then it ceased to be a gift from God. It's not a gift if you had to do anything. Paul uses this unusual term in verse 4, term that has caused a whole lot of misunderstanding and he uses this an unusual term that he uses he makes a point that 
if you try to mix the two, if you try to mix grace and mix it with the law, he says Christ becomes of no effect. Are y'all hearing me? He becomes of no effect to you whatsoever. And and then you are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. That's what Paul says. A whole lot of folk get tangled up with that. Says, yeah, if you do anything, you are fallen from grace. That statement has been the center of a whole lot of debate. People debate it. Can a person, once they believe in Jesus, can they fall away? Can they fall away? Can they lose their salvation? Can you fall from grace? But no, to fall from grace is not sinking into sin or falling into immorality of some some other evil. When you start talking about falling from grace, that doesn't mean that you've, you've done something and now you ain't saved no more. Falling from grace is turning away from the high standard of salvation by grace alone to a lower level of trying to keep salvation through some some lower level of effort. That's falling from grace. That means, see, falling falling from grace means that that, that I'm moving away from yeah, the standard that Jesus gave, and yeah, which is grace alone, and now I'm turning to some lower level of salvation, uh, which is some effort that I'm trying to do, something I'm trying to, trying to achieve. In other words, wh- whenever I stop trusting in the finished work of Jesus on the cross and start thinking that I got to do something in addition to what he's already done, are y'all hearing me? I'm falling from grace. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the moment I feel like there's something that I'm doing to help him out, I have fallen, or in other words, I have turned away from grace. Paul says it another way. Says it another way in Romans 10, 3. He says at that point, you're going about to establish your own righteousness. Are y'all hearing me? Therefore, a person who says I am saved by grace, but now I got to depend on my own efforts to say saved, that's the person that has fallen from grace. You've traded in grace for your own efforts. Now, Now let me throw this in. That does not mean if that person decides that they're going to take off and start trying to do. That does not mean that he or she is not saved. It means that he or she has put themselves in bondage. Doesn't mean they ain't saved. It means that you have put yourself in bondage. It means that he or she has entangled himself again with a bunch of rules and regulations yeah, that will not let you walk in the liberty that Jesus came to give you. You do that, you have entangled yourself again in, in a bunch of rules and regulations that Christ died on the cross for. Nobody, nobody goes to hell Because they're trying to live right or keep the law. Nobody goes to hell for that. Nobody is lost because they try to live a life of purity. But the key is, why do you do what you do? Why are you doing it? Why do you do it? Do you do it because you want to be saved? Or you do it because you are saved? There it is right there. The whole thing boils down to why you do what you do. Are you doing it in an effort to try to be saved? Or do you act like you act because you are saved? Boils down. (coughs) Boils down to verse 16. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you are in Christ and he in you, he begins to transform your life so that you can enjoy your liberty. 
one friend was heard saying to another, you know what? You, you live in that Christian life. I feel sorry for you. Since you've been saved, you don't ever have any fun at all. You can't do nothing. You can't get involved in anything. But you, you, you just look at you. You just live in a life. You can't do anything. You have no fun at all. The friend stopped him. Said, wait a minute. Got it all wrong. I can drink all I want. I can go out all I want. I can stay out as long as I want to. I can party as much as I want to. The difference is, I don't want to. <laughs> Are y'all hearing this? With the brand new life comes a brand new attitude. Are y'all hearing this? With a brand new life comes a brand new attitude. I hasten to a close with another childhood memory. We were little, we used to help our grandpa in his garden. And uh, we'd get up early in the morning, at least we thought it was early. <laughs> we would get up in the morning, we'd go out in the field with grandpa. And grandpa would be setting out what they call potato slips. And he, he, he'd already prepared everything. And our job, the only job we had, he was to just go around with this little cup of water. And we had a bucket, and we'd get water, and we'd pour it in this little hole. And he would come along behind us and put the potato slip in, and he would build it up, make it, he'd plant it. And so all we had to do all day long, all we had to do was to take this little bucket, put a cup of water in every hole. And what we were doing, we would run out of water, and we would take off all the way back to the house to get another bucket of water. He let us do it a couple of times. He said, boys, y'all making this harder. Y'all making this thing harder than it really is. He said, you see those buckets over there at the end of the field? He said, big buckets and big barrels over there. He said, there, before y'all got up, even before y'all got here, I filled them things with water. And y'all don't, y'all making it harder. You don't have to run to the house. <laughs> you have to keep running all the way back to the house. You before I got here, I filled them up. So all you have to do when you get to the end of the row, you, you just get some water out of the barrel. Are y'all hearing me? All you got to do is just get to the barrel. Y'all ain't hearing me. You, you ain't got to run to the house. You ain't got to do all of that work. All you got to do is get to the barrel. Jesus, our Heavenly Father, he cries out from glory to all who have believed on them. He's saying to us, you making this thing harder than what it is. Y'all ain't hearing me. You're making this thing harder than what it is. Even before you got here, I went to the cross. Y'all ain't hearing me. Even before you got here, I went to the cross. I did all the work. And all you need to do, my brothers and sisters, is get to the cross. I'm through. I'm through. Don't make it harder than what it is. All you have to do is run to the cross. You know about the cross, don't you? The cross where my Savior died. The cross where he gave his life. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus paid it all? All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. He died, laid him in a borrowed tomb, but he got up early Sunday morning. Uh, Y'all, with all power in his hand. So I close, my brothers and sisters. Uh, stop trying to work your way in. Let me just point you to the cross. At last, and did my Savior bleed? And did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day.
Oh, my brothers and my sisters, let's not make this thing harder than it is. Let's not get ourselves entangled again with that yoke of bondage. You've got something on the inside. You've got something on the inside, and that something within will guide you each and every day. Be not entangled again. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that coming, the Lord says that I will make a new covenant with my people. Because the old covenant wasn't good enough for them to be saved with me. But then he said, I'm going to make this new covenant and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write the law. Not on tablets of stone, but I'm going to put it on the altar of your heart. 
that you will be able to live in the freedom for me. Paul then took that up and said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are live in Jesus Christ for the law of the spirit of God has set us free. Anybody know that? Set us free from the law of sin and death. In other words, death might get you, but it won't hold you because he has set us free from the law of sin and death. There's somebody not only in the sound of my voice, but there is somebody, whether you may be in your home, whether may you may be in your car, wherever you are, Jesus Christ is your freedom. Jesus Christ is the Lord who will loose the shackles of sin and death and set you free. That you are free and free indeed. The Bible simply declares that if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I, I wish the church still got happy. That all you have to do is accept that he lived freely. He died substitutionally, but he rose early Sunday morning. And you believe that you are free. I know laws may hold you down, but you are free. I know a jail cell may close on your back, but you are free if you love him who has set you free. For freedom he has set us free. So we now appeal to you that wherever you may be, accept the Lord Jesus. And today you get your freedom. Let us pray, Lord, we come. Thanking you that we don't have to be circumcised to be free. For a long time ago, the Lord came and he loosed us from the shackle of the law. For the law was the great mirror of our lives to show us how filthy and how sinful we were. But then the law came and was destroyed, if you will, by Jesus, fulfilled by him and destroyed in the life of the believer that now we have a new law, one that is a law of the spirit that has set us free from the law of sin and death. Lord, we pray for those who may not know you in the pardon of their sin. We pray for those who may not know you where they are. We pray for those who think that the guilt is too strange. The Lord, you've taken away every guilty stain that we ever had. You've opened up the doors of freedom. And Lord, we can walk in because you are our shepherd. You are our gate holder and keeper. And you have opened the door to our freedom. For those, Lord, we say thank you and we bless your very name. Lord, we thank you again for our pastor. We thank you for the preaching of the word of God, to stand boldly and to just say, thus saith the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this letter to the Galatians. We thank you, Lord, that we know that every day we walk, that there are no longer chains holding us, that, Lord, indeed we are free that there are no more chains holding us, that we have been loosed from our shackles and been set free. This is our prayer. We pray it in Jesus' name. For those who feel like they're shackled, Lord, we thank you for loosing them on today, that they have accepted you as Lord and Savior of their lives. And to that we say thank you. In the matchless and mighty name of Jesus the Christ, we pray and ask every single blessing and the people of God said amen amen and amen 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 it is good to be in the house of the Lord again I know my task is over but I got something I have to tell not only do you uh, hear in the sound of my voice but also the church uh, as a whole the Salem Baptist Church we thank God and if you would just lift your hands for our pastor and our first lady, amen, the Reverend Dr. Richard Benjamin Haynes and Lady Beverly Haynes, we thank God for now what is coming up on 34 years of wonderful service to our congregation. Amen. Give God praise, wherever you may be for that. And we just want to lift up on today on how we're going to celebrate with our pastor and with our first lady coming up on the 10th of April. 
at 2 p.m. We will have a drive-by service for our pastor. For those who don't know, we have come and we'll come on the lot and we will celebrate the anniversary of our pastor and first lady. And then on that next day, uh, the 11th of April, we will celebrate further at 11 o'clock in worship of that of our pastor. Amen. Amen. Give God praise again for our pastor and for our first lady. He wouldn't have got up here and done that, so I had to do that for him. Amen. Amen. And, then, and now we'll get back to our pastor and those remaining announcements that we have. God bless you and God keep you. Amen. Why don't we bless the Lord in his house? Just bless the Lord. Bless the Lord in this house. We thank God for all that he is doing. We thank him for his word. We thank him that his word is still true. And that his word still works daily in our lives. Uh, let me remind us, and I got it a little off last week, but let me remind us that on this coming Saturday will be the homegoing celebration for Brother James Thornton. Uh, let's just uh, be continually in prayer for the family. And let's come and be as supportive as we can here on Saturday at 12 noon. Also, uh, on Saturday, April the 4th uh, at 11 a.m., uh, uh, we plan, and our plan then is to, uh, I'm sorry, on Sunday, April the 4th, our plan right now is to come together and have worship together in the parking lot. So we're hopeful that the whole church family can come. We're going to be on the Heritage, uh, Heritage Hall side. And my hope is that we can all just join together. We can all come together and worship on Easter Sunday. Uh, you'll be hearing more about it. And I know that they've sent emails out and information about it. But we're just looking forward to being together on this coming Easter, Easter Sunday. Let us be in prayer with Sister Ruth Hawkins. Uh, Sister Ruth Hawkins, uh, she had a sister that went home to be with the Lord. And uh, we just want to just keep Sister Ruth uh, lifted up uh, as she goes through this period. We, again, we thank you uh, to the men, to the male ensemble. Thank you so much for all you do. Uh, Reverend Bush, minister, music ministry, thank you. Uh, Sister Bush, everybody, thank you all for just showing up. Uh, uh, those who continue to be faithful from home, thank you so much. We're gonna, this is going to be over after a while. Uh, and we just thank you so much for being faithful to tune in and to be in worship. My prayer is that during this time, you've gotten to know your neighbors better in your neighborhood. And that when you come back, you're going to bring them. <laughs> That when you come back, because of what you have been able to do, the church right there in that community, my prayer is that they are going to be coming with you when we do come back. So I thank you for being so faithful. Thank you for your faithful stewardship. Uh, we do continue to be faithful, and I want to thank you for, for that. God bless you. God keep you all of those upstairs who are making all of this work. Thank you so much. God be with you till we meet again.
last week, but Sister Tammy, so happy to see you back in the house. Amen. What a what a wonderful blessing. I also forgot to tell you all last week that the Bushes celebrated 26, 26 years of marriage. Y'all bless the Lord for them. Amen. And uh, we want to continue to pray for Pastor Gail Bush, who right now is celebrating eight years uh, in that wonderful ministry at Open, Open Arms. And we just thank God for her and thank God for the gifting she is to the body of Christ. Now may the grace of God sweet communion of his Holy Spirit. Rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.